Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you again today as we are wrapping up a very special time that we started this year out with, 21 days of prayer and fasting and seeking God. And I just pray that you've had a, a great journey uh, these last couple of weeks just seeking after Him and growing closer to God in your relationship. And as we wrap up this special time of prayer and fasting, I just want to give you a message today that will encourage you to continue to you know, seek after God throughout the year and to do this on a daily basis in a way that you know, is manageable, uh, but that will build our life on the rock, as Jesus would say. We want to build our life on the rock. We want to walk in the way of the Lord. And so I want to read and break down for you together Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. And we're going to go through the whole chapter and just, just get our, our hearts um, just clarified on how much we need God and we need to go after God and the value of having a daily devotional time with the Lord seeking Him. So let's start off with prayer. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us um, as we look at your word. Your word is alive and I pray that it penetrates our hearts and our thoughts and our minds and our changes our changes us, Lord, if there's anything that needs to be changed in us and our thinking or our approach to life, that your spirit would reveal to us anything, Lord, in us that needs to be changed, that is not of you, that needs to be replaced with you or your truth. And I just pray for your spirit and your word to come alive in us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today's message is walk in the way of the Lord. We want to walk in the way of the Lord. And this comes from Psalm 1. And I want to read the psalm for you. And as we read it, I'm going to uh, teach about it uh, verse by verse. And so we're going to be reading the New King James Version here today. And the first verse starts out with this. Blessed is the man. And so now the, the tone is set. Whatever is to follow, we are going to pay close attention because we all want to be blessed. We all want to have God's favor on our life. We, we, we want to have... Uh, happiness. We want to have peace. We want to have uh, life. We want to have prosperity. We want to have health. And all these things are part of the blessings that God has for you and for me. And so the scriptures, the Psalm 1 says, hey, here's how you are blessed. Um, if you don't do these things and if you do do these things, you will see the blessing of God on your life. So the Bible is always clear. God is always clear. Here's life. Here's death. Make your choice, right? God isn't ambiguous about what is righteous, what is true, what is just, and what leads to life. And he's not ambiguous about what is wicked and what is wrong and what's sinful, that what, what will cause harm to us and what will lead to death. And so once again, Psalm 1 will do this very clearly as we go through it. So blessed is the man. And then we go into a repetition of three different phrases. And these three phrases uh, in this uh, in this kind of genre of poetry uh, are like parallelism. They're, they're three different statements, and some will view this as synonymous parallelism, saying the same thing three different ways. And others, and I kind of lean in this other's camp, will see this as like a stair-step symbolism, where the first one is stated, and it builds on it, and then it builds on it again. So either way, however you look at this, uh, this is Hebrew poetry of kind of painting a picture uh, for us of, of uh, what not to do at first and then what to do at the end to be blessed. So let's look at this. First statement, who walks, blessed is the man, who walks not in the counsel of the un ungodly. 
who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Um, in my uh, NIV Bible, it says, who does not walk in step with the wicked. Uh, but I like this translation better, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, because the word in Hebrew there uh, for counsel is counsel. It's advice. And so it's, this is kind of the first step in, in terms of um, uh, what we ought not to do. And walking in the scriptures is a really big theme. It really means your life, your whole life, like your whole uh, representative of all of the activities of your life. Where are you going? Uh, where are you walking? You know, who are you following? And so walking is, is kind of that, uh, that, that bigger umbrella of your whole life uh, direction. And so we don't want to walk in the advice or the counsel of the ungodly. So are you walking out your life in the advice of the world or the ungodly? Are you listening to or following the counsel of those who are not following God? Are you making decisions, um, you know, embracing values, uh, deciding on your priorities based on the world, based on what everybody else is doing? In other words, who are you taking advice from? Who or what is influencing you? And so the Bible says, do not be influenced. Do not uh, take the advice. Do not be impressed with the, ungodly's, on the ungodly person's way of doing life. Um, you will not be blessed in that. In fact, at the end of the psalm, it says the opposite will happen. You will perish. Those who follow the advice or the um, counsel or the ways of the ungodly will perish. So the Bible says, do not follow that trend. Don't follow the world's wisdom. In other words, we're going to be following God's wisdom, right? That's going to be the big contrast here in this psalm. So that's the first thing. So the first step really is to... It, it, for a person here in a negative way would be to start listening to the advice of the world, to start living according to it because that person does it that way and that person does it that way. Uh, I, I might as well do it that way too. You know, uh, that person cut, cuts corners and everybody does this and everybody lies and everybody, well, I, I'll, just, I'll just do that too because that's what everybody does anyway. No, that's not true, but that's the first uh, slippery slope that we don't want to start walking into, Right? So the Bible says, don't walk that path. Don't go down that direction with your life, and making your decisions and your values and your opinions and your uh, beliefs based on the ungodly, what they're doing. Now the second statement, and it builds on this, I believe, says, nor stands in the path of sinners. So now we have walking and now we have standing. Standing. And so now we're standing and that's different than walking. I, I think about an analogy. I love to go on nature hikes. And I've done a lot of different nature hikes with my boys and my family and, and uh, some of my nephews. We go to different places in the country, go to national parks, and we do these big adventure hikes. And typically what we're doing is we're, we're, we're hiking throughout the day. We're looking at everything. It's being impressed by things. But when we see something we, we kind of like or are interested in, we stop walking and we stand there for a minute. Oh, look at that waterfall. Look at that mountain or look at that, that cool rock formation. And we stop and we stand and we're looking. We're absorbing it more, right? It's more of a commitment there than just walking. Walking, we're enjoying it. We're looking at it. Well, this is cool. This is cool. But then when something catches your eye, you know, we would stop and we'd stand and look. And then down the road, 
uh, if we really want to hang out someplace, we would sit down, we would take a break, and we would like enjoy this environment a little bit more. So that's kind of how I see this progression of these first three statements. We're walking, we're listening, we're taking some advice of the world. Now we're standing. Now we're standing among the sinners, right? And the, and the psalmist says, don't stand in the path of sinners. There's a path is a choice. You're on a path and that path is going somewhere. Now you're with those sinners. You're not just listening, you're with them. You're walking on the same path, going in the same direction. And the Bible says, don't do that, right? Um, so are you hanging out with sinners or becoming more like them? Is there a comfort level of sin in your life that you're comfortable around the ungodly or the wicked or sinners, right? Because that path represents uh, where you're going. And so the Bible says, don't be comfortable with sin. Don't be hanging around sinners. Don't be on the, that same path because we all know who we hang around with influences us. And so the second step really in a negative sense is to become comfortable with the world's ways and to make it your new normal as opposed to what God would be uh, having you do. And so the third line is, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So now we have this progression. We're walking, we're listening to advice. Now we're standing and we're absorbing it and we're with in fellowship with that sin or that, that culture or that mindset or those sinners, right? And then finally, now we're sitting down. When you sit down, man, it's like you've settled that this is my... This is now who I am. And it says, sits in the seat of the scornful. Now you become a mocker of God. You become a sinner. You become one who has embraced that lifestyle because the sitting down represents, I'm settling here. This is who I am now, right? And so the Bible says, do not walk in the, in the, uh, you know, in the way of, of the ungodly. Don't... Um, stand in the path of those sinners and be along, among them and go in that direction. And don't sit down and become a, a mocker and a sinner. So the third step is just to become fully worldly and to be settled on the wrong path. So then we have this huge shift uh, in verse 2. All of that was just verse 1. <laughs> now we have this, so we have these three verbs, right? Walking, standing, and sitting. And we have these three different nouns of a um, walking in the way, or the next one is the path, and then the next one is the seat. And now we have this huge pivot point, verse 2. But, but, so we have this contrast. Don't do these things. This is, this is not going to lead to your, your blessing. But his delight, the man who's blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, instead of listening to, following, being a part of a worldly fallen culture with fallen morality, fallen wisdom, uh, and, and you know all of that, instead, this the man who's blessed delights himself in God's laws, in God's ways, in God's paths, right? In God's counsel, in God's advice. The man who's blessed is sitting here is fellowshipping here, is walking this path, is listening to the advice of God, is walking with God, is uh, delighting himself in God. And so delight 
in the law of the Lord means that this person who's blessed loves God's ways, right? That we love to study God's ways. We love to walk in God's ways and we reject the world's ways. So the Bible says, blessed is the man, right? Who does not, uh, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And here's the real crux of the matter. He is being, the person who is blessed, is meditating day and night on God's word, on God's law, on God's counsel, on God's advice, on the Holy Spirit's voice, uh, fellowshipping with the righteous, fellowshipping with God's truths, and letting um, the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God form his path and his life and his direction. And that is the person who is blessed. That's the person who's going to have life and peace, and joy and freedom and long life and prosperity and purpose and enthusiasm for life. That's the person who is going to be blessed. That's the story, that's the purpose of Psalm 1, setting the scene right off the bat. You've got a choice. You can walk in the way of this world, or you can walk in the way of the Lord. If you walk in the way of the Lord by learning His Word, studying His Word, meditating on His Word, adopting His advice, taking His truth to be your truth, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. So this word for meditate um, in the Hebrew is Hagah. And it, and it means to um, mutter, to muse, uh, you know, to um, like repeat. And, and so the person who is repeating, muttering, uh, almost groaning and, uh, and musing over, uh, the Word of God over and over again, day and night, is the one who is really feeding on that Word. It's not just a casual fly-by cursory reading, but it is an intentional, deep, uh, you know, soaking in and absorbing the Word of God and letting that become who we are. You know, there's this idea that the Word of God, which we know as Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And I heard this once, now God wants to make his word flesh again. He wants his word to be made flesh in you. He wants his word to be assimilated into your life, into your values, into your truth, into how you live, how you decide how to do things. And, and so your new identity is really found in the word of God. So may Christ come upon you and may the spirit of God write his word upon your heart that's all that stuff happens through consistent meditation and delighting yourself in the law of the Lord, in God's word. This is the person who's blessed. So if you want to be blessed, you, you need to meditate in God's word. You need to let God's word be the priority of your, uh, of your truth, of your path, of your direction, of your decisions. And so we want to do that. Uh, the person who studies God's Word, reads God's Word, meditates on God's Word, practices God's Word, and memorizes His Word. And so how does this blessing look like? And the psalm continues and says, this is what it looks like to be blessed. He shall be, 
In verse 3, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. So number one, there's three areas here that we can pull out uh, blessings from. Number one, it says, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. So they're blessed, this person who's blessed, you and me, by meditating on God's word, is going to have a fruitful and a healthy life, right? You're going to be like a tree. You've got all the nutrients coming in and you are prospering health-wise so that there's fruit in your life and you have a fruitful, purposeful life and you're healthy, so your soul is healthy, your spirit is healthy, your body is healthy because you're producing fruit. You have everything that you need from the river um, and it's causing the seasons uh, you know, to produce uh, fruit in your life. That's a great blessing. It's a curse to be unfruitful, to be barren, to be um, sick, to be, uh, you know, uh, unproductive. That, that's, that's a curse. But it's a blessing to be productive, fruitful, alive, energized. And so that's part of the blessing in your life. The second statement is that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Well, the leaf not withering to me speaks of long life and strength, right? Um, and so God wants to bless you with long life and strength that you won't just fade away. Uh, you won't wither, but you'll be running your race with great vigor, the race of life. You will be fruitful in seasons, uh, the appropriate seasons in your life, and you will, you will not fade away. You will not wither or decay. And so you'll be strong. And finally, and whatever he does shall prosper. Wow, what an incredible blessing. When you are meditating on God's word, living your life according to God's way, taking in his advice, walking on his path, walking in his way, right? Then God says, whatever you're going to do is going to prosper because you're in alignment with God's will. You're in agreement with God's purpose for your life. And so the blessing of God is upon you and the blessing of God is on the work of your hands. And whatever you do has the blessing of God. It prospers. So you have prosperity and favor. So this is what it means to be blessed, according to Psalm 1, that you'll be fruitful, healthy, uh, have long life and strength. You'll be pros prosperous and have God's favor on your life. Wow. Now, this is contrasted again with the ungodly or the wicked. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so. So here we go. Blessed is the man who doesn't do these things. Instead, he does this. He meditates on God's law. And he will be like this, a tree, and he'll be prospering and fruitful and strong and healthy and uh, have God's favor. But the ungodly are not so. Instead, the ungodly looks like this, it says. The ungodly are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away or blows away. It's wasted away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that's Psalm 1. Wow. So it's very clear. Um, scriptures do this over and over again in the Psalms and the Proverbs. And even Jesus himself would teach this way in comparison the contrast of, of wicked and righteousness, 
uh, or good and evil. And so this one here is making that clear distinction. Listen, if you live a worldly life, if you follow the advice of this world, if your opinions and your beliefs and your truths are being influenced by a fallen world, an ungodly culture, if you're just drifting along on the current of the sinful fallen world, your way will not prosper. In fact, you will perish. Your way will end in perishing. But if you will delight yourself in the ways of the Lord, which means you follow God's word too. You're not just, you know, you know like to read it. You're actually obeying it, right? You are um, adopting it as your own. It becomes your life, your truth, your priorities. If you delight yourself in the ways of the Lord, you will be blessed and the Lord will be watching over your way and you'll be prosperous. So I want to encourage you to make the word of God a daily um, spiritual exercise for you, for your growth, so you can walk in the blessing of God. And I just have a little challenge for you. I'm calling this the seven minute spiritual workout. I want to just give this to you as an option of, um, you know, a, a way to build yourself up spiritually and to walk in the blessing of God because you need to take time to meditate, to, to study, to learn God's word if you want to access the blessings of God as we just read in Psalm 1. So I want to give you an example. What does a spiritual workout look like? Well, I would say that it involves some spiritual exercises. You know, if you go to the gym and you run on the treadmill for a while, you're, you're exercising your cardiovascular system. You may hit the weights, then you're exercising you know, your, muscle, your muscular system, and you're building up your muscles, you're building up your breathing and your cardiovascular system, and there's certain exercises that you do. I know people go to the gym all the time and they rotate days and say, hey, today is you know, arms and chest day, and this day is leg day, and this day is running, and, and they, they build different parts of their body, and they have specific exercises to build ourselves up, right, physically. Well, spiritually, we have spiritual exercises to build our relationship with God and to grow our faith, and some of those are prayer, prayer. So part of our spiritual exercise every day is to pray, talk to God, listen to God. That's both. Prayer is actually both. It's not one. It's both. It's listening and talking. It's talking and listening. It's, a, it's an, an exchange with God, with His Holy Spirit. So we pray, and one of the great ways to do uh, prayer is even to pray prayers in the Bible. Prayer in the New Testament is filled with different prayers, and you can just read those out loud and pray. But also scripture reading is our spiritual exercise, right? Reading the Word of God out loud. The Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. So I would encourage you to read the scriptures out loud yourself so you can hear it. It's more than just seeing it. It's seeing it, hearing it, um, and then, you know, interacting with it and meditating on it. And these are the ways that it's going to stick and make a difference. And then beyond reading, there's studying. Studying scripture is different than just reading it. It's getting maybe a study Bible, uh, like I've encouraged you in the past, and to actually really dig into some extra notes uh, maybe cross-reference with other passages and begin to see more about what that, that verse is saying or that passage is talking about, and really digging in and studying and getting serious about what does this really mean? What's the context? Who's Jesus talking to? What his, what's his main point? And it helps us to grow, helps us to learn, and helps us to retain more and more. So we have prayer, scripture reading, scripture study, and then scripture memorizing and meditating. I would say memorizing and meditating are virtually the same thing because when you are meditating on it, you 
end up memorizing it. And that's what this, this word in the Psalms is talking about, is the meditation. It's the muttering. It's the repeating. It's being uh, captivated and giving your attention to it. And so you're, you're, you're kind of like processing and computerizing or programming your computer, your brain. You're typing in code when you're meditating. You're like, this is what's true. This is what I'm going to believe. This is what's not true anymore. I'm taking God's view of this, right? And so we're, we're actually building code in our brain uh, when we're meditating. And, and that's what the Bible says to do, is to memorize and to meditate and to worship and give God thanks. So these are some of the spiritual uh, exercises that we know of and we can do. But let me give you this seven-minute spiritual workout. And the goal of this is to continue to let our minds be renewed according to God's Word so we can be blessed. The blessing of God comes upon us as we are spending time in His Word, worshiping, praying, interacting with Him, and letting Him change us from the inside out. That changes our attitudes, changes our values, changes our perspectives, heals our hearts, heals our souls, inspires us with with God's vision and direction, and it puts us on the path of righteousness. It puts us on that path of blessing, and, and everything begins to fall into place. You want God at the center of your life, right? We want to walk, like I said, the title of this message, walk in the way of the Lord. And when you're walking in the way of the Lord, there is the blessing of God and the favor of God and all the provision that you need to do and to be whatever God's called you to do, whatever God's called you to be. So here it is, seven minute um, sample. So I'm going to give you a verse and kind of go through what I would do with this verse. So for instance, James 1.25, which kind of fits this topic, says this. So I'd take a verse like this and I would read it and say, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So right now, we are going to do seven minutes of spiritual exercise. It might not even be that long. It might only be five minutes. So we're doing it right now. So here's the verse, James 1.25. And I would read it again just to kind of let it soak in. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. So then I would start to maybe, if I had a journal, um, write down some observations. And I would slowly go through this verse, maybe word by word or phrase by phrase, and just observe what it's saying. So let me do that with you. So let's start with the first part. You have, but whoever looks in intently. And all of a sudden that word gets my attention. Intently. Oh, so my observation here is, hey, this is something that needs to be intentional or on purpose. So I need to come to the scriptures with some intentionality, not just a sporadic thing, um, not just a fly by the seat of my pants thing, but I am coming to grow, I'm coming to seek, I'm coming to learn, and my intention is to pay attention. My intention is to hear from God. My attention or intention is to be transformed, is to be challenged. And so I'm coming with purposeful intentionality to study the scriptures. That's what this verse is telling me. Whoever does that, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next, right? Whoever does that looks intently 
right? Into the perfect law. And another word hits me. Perfect. Ah, so the Bible is saying of itself, it's perfect. And I believe that. I believe God's word is perfect. It's perfectly righteous. It's perfectly right. And it is eternally true. And so since it is perfect, it is God's truth. It is, it is righteous. It is just. It will only benefit me for me to adopt it and believe it. So whoever looks intently into the perfect law, oh, this is good stuff, right? Then it says, that gives freedom. And I love that. Jesus said it this way. If you are my disciples, if you truly are my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That reminds me of what Jesus said. Yeah, he said if his truth will set me free. And where is his truth? His truth is the word of God, right? He is the word. And he's filled with grace and truth. And so the word is true and it gives freedom. So this is going to benefit me. Lord, I thank you that as I'm reading your word, um, that today you're going to just continue to set me free. I don't know what from, but from anything that's not of you. That's what it is. You're going to set me free from maybe hurt or pain or disappointment or discouragement or some bad opinion or some uh, negative outlook or some hurt from the past. I don't know, but the truth, when I get truth and replace my lie with God's truth, it's going to benefit me. It's going to set me free. Amen? I'm just getting all these observations, doing this with you out loud as if I would do it privately. Okay? So whoever looks intently, yes, I'm coming intently, into the perfect law, this is God's truth, it's perfect, that gives freedom, it's going to benefit me, and continues in it. Ah, so my fourth observation is, hey, this is something that needs to be consistent, that I need to continue to do this. Not just do it once in a while, but who continues in it, continues in um, intentionally looking at God's word. That goes back to Psalm 1, doesn't it? He meditates on my law day and night. It doesn't sound like uh, this is a once in a while thing. This sounds like this is a consistent daily, couple times a day thing for, for Psalm 1. And this verse says, and this is a continual habit. This is a lifestyle, right? Not just once in a while. So whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. Whoa, it's just like an extra reminder. Hey, don't just do this as a religious exercise, but make sure you remember it. Well, how am I going to remember it? By meditating on it, by studying it, by memorizing it, by thinking about it over and over again. It's the only way I'm going to not forget about it. So this verse is reinforcing everything we said about Psalm 1. The need to really meditate and dive into God's Word until it changes us and becomes a part of us. It's like digesting food. If your food goes through your system too fast, you've got nothing from it. That's not healthy. It didn't do you any benefit and you didn't get any strength from it. And so it's the same with our spiritual food. If we just do it because it's a religious activity, it's like we're eating really fast and it just shoots right through our system, you know? And we didn't, we didn't benefit from it. So we need to chew on it. We need to um, get the slow things down to get the ingredients, right? The uh, nutrients out of that in absorbed into our spirit, absorbed into our mind, absorbed into our soul, and absorbed into our thinking, right? And that's what meditation does. It slows everything down 
and it helps us digest or assimilate or absorb God's truth. So, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, ah, but doing it. This reminds me of the whole purpose for us studying God's word. It's not to puff up our mind and get a bunch of information, but it's to actually change our lives. This person is not meant to just read the word of God, forget about it, and go on their way and keep walking in the path of sinners or something. But this verse is saying, Listen, you need to do what the Word of God says. So study it, learn it with intentionality, meditate on it, and assimilate it so that you start to do it. Live this way. All right? So we still haven't gotten to um, the punchline here or the benefit of this because we haven't finished the sentence. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Here's the grand finale, the drum roll, blah, 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 what happens? They will be blessed in what they do. Isn't this verse just a summary of Psalm chapter 1? <laughs> it sure seems like it, you know, and that's kind of why I picked it. But this is also how I would meditate on a verse. I'd break it down, and then I would say, ah, they will be blessed in what they do. Do I want the blessing of God um, on what I'm doing? Well, then I need to spend time in God's Word. I need to have a purpose and an intentionality. And as I do that, I need to realize that as I grab a hold of these truths, it's going to change me. It's going to set me free. It's going to have an impact if I'm doing this right, right? If I'm taking this seriously. If I continue to do this and I don't forget about what God's trying to teach me, but I'm doing it, I'm putting it into practice, then I will see the blessing of God in what I do. Wow! It's just another way of saying Psalm chapter 1. And so I just want to encourage you, um, as you continue in your journey seeking God, growing in God, in your relationship with God, that you find a Bible reading plan, or you start to read through a book of the Bible, but slow it down and meditate on the Word of God. I find it very helpful um, to have a journal and to slow it down. I know a lot of people feel like maybe they're doing better if they're reading more, but that's not necessarily the case. It's really about how much are you assimilating and absorbing into your spirit. It, it might be uh, even better to think about it that way than about volume. It's really about quality. And, uh, and maybe just one verse like this, if you meditate on that, can change your life more than if you read 10 chapters. You know what I mean? And so this is about connecting with God, slowing things down and absorbing His truth and letting Him speak to us and change us. So I want to encourage you to get a journal. Um, you know, just pick out a simple reading plan. Maybe it's one chapter a day. Maybe it's more than that because you have more time. But look for when God starts to speak. When a verse starts to kind of pop off the page to you or a word comes off the page to you, that's when I stop. That's when I take that verse and I do what I just did with you. Take seven minutes to write that verse down, read it a couple of times, then slowly go through it one word at a time or one phrase at a time and start to outline what you are seeing, what you are observing, what stuck, stood out to you in the first place that caused you to pause. God is speaking to you and then absorb it 
and meditate on it and take that with you throughout the day. Maybe even write that verse on a card and work on that for a couple of days and remind yourself day and night, hey, this is what God was saying to me today. This is what is true of me today. And give God thanks. Give God praise. Lord, thank you for speaking to me today and sharing with me uh, your word. May it bring freedom to me. Uh, may it bring prosperity to my life. May you help me heal. May you help me be inspired. Whatever is applied in that verse, we give God praise and thanks for that. So I hope this helps you. You need to work out. We need to keep working out. We don't want to be weak. We want to be strong. And we, want, we don't want to be uh, our path off the, off the course. We want to be on the right path. We want to walk in the way of the Lord. And we want to experience God's blessing. So let's continue to study God's Word, meditate on God's Word, um, and assimilate God's Word into our lives so that whatever we do will prosper. So as I close this, I want to give you guys the blessing I normally do, but I also just want to pray before I do that. So Lord, I just pray that you help us. Help us, Lord. We need you. We need you. And uh, Lord, we ask that your Word will just come alive to us, that you will help us to create a daily plan of just seeking you and continuing to grow in you. Now that these 21 days of prayer and fasting are, are over, we pray that our spiritual growth is not over. Lord, but each day that we continue to hunger and thirst for more of you, that we will see your blessing upon our lives, that you will fill us with all that we need for life and for godliness as we seek you, continue to seek you. And I just pray for my friend, Lord, that you would bless them with just amazing revelation as they spend time with you. Heal them from their hurts. Inspire them for their future. Let them be a great blessing to many others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Amen.